0: Hey guys, Paul here with Lyle and uh, Chuck and Chris. Been a long trying week, so uh not very talkative, talkative. But we're going to get on to general catfishing today. Um, something a little different than we've been doing, and uh, no special guest or anything like that. Uh, Lyle got Moved into his new place there. Can you tell us a little bit about that last case, so uh some of these guys can find your new
1: place. Well, it's it's absolutely been a pain in my ruffle stiltskin the last two or three weeks. We've been moving from about twelve miles out in the boonies to the metropolitan area of Bowling Green, Missouri, uh, town city, and I grew up in and. Uh, We finally got everything set back up, and instead of having a little room to do my rod stuff in, I have a loft in this house, and it's uh, coming right along. We've got everything set up where we can do some work, and uh, we had some really good uh, nephews and uh, family members to help us get it done, and uh, we're we're just about there. I just got to put everything away now and keep it going, but uh, it's a a deal I would wish on no one to
0: have to do. Well, let me let me ask you this: You said that you and Cindy grew up grew up in a house. Does that mean your brother and sister too, or? Mm-hmm. Just no, no town. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we grew up in the town, not the house.
0: Oh, okay. I was just <laughs> wanting to double check there. Funny man, funny, funny man, Paul. Of course. <laughs> what have you been up to this week, Chuck?
2: No. Not a lot. Just working and fishing.
0: Working and fishing.
2: Yep. Yeah cutting grass
0: i think i'm gonna sneak down there so i can go fishing with your wife while you're at work
2: (laughs) she needs somebody to take her out
0: think she'll teach me how to fish
2: yeah she wouldn't mind
0: (laughs) what about you mr chris aka fud what you been
3: doing oh a whole lot of fishing been doing a lot of crappie fishing um this last weekend, for for kind of like a little birthday present, Scott Scott Wiseman from the ICA and his buddy Tim, a couple of the guys that were I'm going to be going on a vacation with here into June and into July, uh, down on the Ohio River. But they came down. Uh, we did like a, There ended up being three boats, but we were just having a little fun kind of tournament, see who cut who caught the biggest uh, bass, catfish, and crappie all in one day. And one boat had to quit because they had two of their boats. My buddy had two of his boats that broke down on him, so he had to get towed in, and he didn't get to finish out. And so my buddy Scott, he ended up with one nice little two and a half pound bass or so, and and uh, no catfish and some some crappie that were about ten, eleven inches. And I ended up winning because I had uh, I had a I had a couple catfish and I had some crappie that were about 12 inches. I couldn't get on a bass, though, but we were each uh, minus one species of the, the of the tr- the three that we were after, but uh, there was a lot of boats out on the water this weekend, probably getting ready for uh, that Memorial Day uh, weekend and stuff like that. Water was beautiful. Wind was about four miles an hour. I mean, it was a great day to be sitting out on the water fishing, but uh, that's all I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of fishing and going out and crappie fishing and a little bit of catfishing at night and um, had my birthday this last week. I turned 36, I believe.
0: Still a baby. Yeah. You hear what he said a while ago, Lyle. What's that? He's going to go on vacation. Again? Again. I thought you had to work to go on vacation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just down fishing with Jonathan. That's not a vacation.
3: that was was kinda like a vacation, that was nice. That's my point, exactly.
0: (laughs) Oh man, actually guys, to be honest with you, we got caught kind of off guard with this deal today and uh, we just wanted to talk about general catfish and if there's anything you want to know by all means go to uh, catfishweekly.com and go to the chat room and feel free to ask any question you want to ask. We, we may not answer it but you can ask I do
1: have a little bit of good news that I'd share with some people if they was interested in it.
0: Sure.
1: Yesterday I had the pleasure of meeting up with um, uh, Keith Copenhaver from uh, Cat River Anchors. He had just come up. Him and his uh, fishing partner uh, Lee Reed from uh, fishing the uh, Sea Ark tournament in uh, Owensboro. Uh, not sure how they finished. I know that they was out of the money a little bit, but uh, I think they had a great time down there. And uh, we are now we have a full line of Cat River anchors on. Uh, we'll be hauling back and forth to the tournaments for anybody that's looking for one. They can just pick them up and and get them from us. And uh, we'll try to keep them on hand. And if you know in advance, just give me a. PM and and uh, uh, I'll make sure I have your size. We are pretty excited to to be included in that. There's some really good people and and uh, make an outstanding product.
0: How long is it going to take you to start uh, selling tackle?
1: Oh, I don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cat Rover anchors. I I have them myself, and you know they're they are a great anchor and. Especially you get down on any any good moving water where you really need to hold like a deep V-boat like I got, 17, 18, 18 foot deep V-boat with a little bit of current. A lot of anchors ain't going to dig in and hold them them cat rubber anchors. You know, I've only got the 16 pound and, and it holds just fine. You know, I mean, I've had the 20 pound, uh, I, I dropped down with my new boat to the 16 pound, figured it would be, uh um, you know, just as good to hold and... It so far has been.
1: I have a, an 18 and a half foot uh, tundra, and it's a deep V, and it's an extremely heavy boat, extremely heavy. And uh, Mississippi River and the Missouri River are both flooded right now, uh, not out of the banks or anything, but you're looking at uh, five, six, seven mile an hour current. Just throw it out, tie it off, go back and start rigging your stuff up, and you can feel it set down, season. and you don't have to pull around on jerk around or wonder if you're gonna get home because if you throw it out you're gonna get stuck. That's
0: yeah, just- I
2: heard
0: I heard somebody or I didn't hear it, I seen it on Facebook earlier on my feed, they said that that uh, it was some big trees coming down the river. Big trees. So I seen. yeah, I seen that. What what did we have for a giveaway this month? Somebody refresh my memory? Uh for the rest of this month and then all of next month, it's those, uh,
3: those, was it, uh... Scales. Yeah, what brand was they?
2: Uh, Berkeley 50-pound.
3: Yeah, the Berkeley 50-pound digital scales, and it was, uh, basically just posting a picture of a catfish, um, with, uh, with a sign, yeah. Either with, with the Catfish Weekly sign or not, I think just post a picture uh, of the catfish on Catfish Weekly's uh, Facebook page, either either the group or the page, whatever. Yeah, we'll
0: count them.
2: Yeah, re- recent picks. We don't want you know. Yeah. No throwback stuff. Yeah, dude,
0: we don't want Ron Workman showing off his fish and getting around. <laughs> <laughs> <So>, Cubs fan.
2: <laughs> hey, Lyle, those uh those Cat River anchors. The problem I have with the one I got when uh like when I'm anchored down and. You get hung, and uh, you know this big line we use. We go to we go to break our line off, and it, it, it pulls us down river and breaks the anchor loose, and then all the other lines go slack and end up. You know, a couple of them end up getting hung with well, that cat river. That solves them problems, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it does. You just you know if it gets stuck, you just um, they're tied at the top on the chain uh, with hundred pound. Um, zip ties, and you just break the zip ties, it pulls out backwards, you don't lose your anchor, you don't lose your rope, you don't lose anything, you just pull it all up, and down the road you go.
0: Yeah, we uh, had something similar on Sean's boat. I remember I had to break one. But 100 pounds, you think think 100 pounds would be easy to break, but... Uh, uh, you just uh, use a
1: motor, I don't pull on them hard enough to break them anymore.
2: No, I'm talking about when when you get hung with your fishing line and uh you try to break your, your line to get unhung while you're anchored down fishing and when you go to break your braid or your your you know, your eighty pound leader, uh when you go to pull and snap your line loose, you pull yourself you pull your anchor off where you was where you was hung up and then all your other lines go slack. And, you know, it messes up your anchor pretty good when, you know, this anchor I've been using. I was just wondering if that Cat River anchor hangs good enough that when you go to break a snag loose, it don't pull you off anchor and all that good stuff.
1: Well, I've got one of all of them. I've got the 10, the 16, and the 20. And uh, I, I guarantee you, if that 20 gets hung in there... When you're using it, you you know you can break some pretty good braid, and it won't uh, especially leader lines. use a 50, 60 pound leader line, you'll be uh, you'll be able to break that off without any problems. Now the 10 pounders and the 16 pounders are not nearly as hard to to pull up, but uh, I mean they hold a boat good. But I never tried to pull one out with braid. I I, I can't imagine uh, if you had, unless you have hundred pound uh, leader material, that'd be an issue.
3: You know, what I mean. If it, no matter what, if if you throw a pole off to the side, especially us using braid and stuff, any side or whatever, it, it ain't going to matter what anchor you have. You're going to pull the boat over, you know, left or right. But I would say even casting out on the Cat River anchors, I think they'd hold, and I use 100-pound braid. You know, I use 100-pound braid with 30 to 40-pound mono leaders, and, and that 16-pound anchor... You know, straight up at the front of the boat. If I was pulling straight back on the opposite end with just my braid and stuff, I don't think I'm. I've, I've, I'm pretty sure I've even done it, and I and I never had a problem yet with my with my 16. You know, I can pull complete opposite direction, and it ain't gonna pull that anchor out at all. Yeah, because there's,
2: not, there's nothing worse in the world than fi- You know, going across a. Uh, um, a really nice spot and you, you know you mark some really good structure and you finally get that boat exactly where you want it and then you get hung up and then you you know go to break your line and you pull off that spot but um, with, with that cat river acre, uh, if, if you're in like 30 foot of water um, you need to let out about what three times that length of rope to get the right ankle for it to hang good so you would need to let out about 90 foot Exactly.
1: Well, that's the, that's the general rule of, of anchoring is three times the depth, but uh, I, you know, I just string out a bunch of it to, to get me about where I want to go and tie it off, and I, you know, I don't worry about three times the depth or anything because, of, well, like I say, it doesn't matter if it's mud or sand or if it's rock. If, if there is a bottom, then you hit it, you're going to stick with those.
2: Okay. Well, I I seen on there where they said you can, you know, bend the tines to uh, what angles you want, and uh, you you can sharpen sharpen them to get, you know, to get the uh, to get the edge you want. Do do you see any reason why you would want to, you know, sharpen them or
1: anything like that? I don't see any reason to sharpen them. Uh, I really don't, because that to me that. I can't imagine why you need to because they've got a a dull point on them that works really well the reason as far as bending them out is when they ship them they ship them in a one square foot box and they have to push them together closer to the center to fit these boxes and a lot of times they'll ship uh, one or two at a time and um, you, if you bend them out an inch or two each direction on each uh, flute when you get them Uh, it will give you a little more grabbing power because they're convincing them as small as they can to get them in their boxes to save people money on shipping prices. But I've never never sharpened one whatsoever. Mine mine are used just like they come out of the box with the exception of being pulled apart just a little bit to to give them a little more uh, width. That way they grab. But uh, even before I realized that I needed to do that, I was using them with them uh, pushed together and they still held.
2: Right.
3: Yeah, mine standard right out of the box. I've never even f- take them flukes and spread them out any more than they already were. And I, I'm, th- I never I, I do I just that.
1: stand on them. And, and I stand on the flutes and grab the center of it and pull up on it. And like I say, an inch or two on each one will give you more than enough. More than enough. I to mean... grab anything you need.
3: If if it's standard out of the box, it's been working for me just fine. Not
1: sure that any,
3: any
2: more, yeah,
3: any more, <laughs> but any more uh, flair to them, and they're going to just grab better. It's all it's going to do. And and the the flukes on them are real. They're not real flimsy. They're he, they're they're heavy duty. They're easy enough to bend, but they're they're strong enough to hold. You know, they're oh, they're yeah. almost a, a perfect mixture of strength to flexibility on them. And that's why they. are I mean, I know we seem to be really. Uh, kissing some butt on them right now, but I've, I've used a lot of anchors. I mean, I've used the Richter anchors. I've used a lot, you know, homemade anchors. I've, I've lost used- a
1: lot of anchors. i just
3: yeah. use
0: my ex-wives. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've lost a ton of anchors and, you know, they'll get hung up and, and you think you got a design or somebody has a design where you get your anchor back and, and the first thing you know, you're sitting up there and you either are using your spare anchor or you've already lost one or two in a day in a tournament getting hung up and you can't get them out and and it just doesn't happen with these things. They're just uh, uh, heads and tails better than anything I've ever seen or used anywhere. Do,
2: do they send a, a couple of uh, nylon wire ties with them so after you break a couple, you'll know what to go buy at the store or whatever? Every what box that I've
1: got has two extras in the
2: box. Okay, so then you know you just go ahead and try to remember what size they were then... You know, you go buy you some more to throw in your tackle bag? Yep,
1: that's exactly the way to do her. All right. And the thing is, these are catfishing people. They fish a lot of tournaments. Uh, Keith and his dad, Alan, they they designed this. They patented it. They made a really good product. They fish every tournament uh, or a lot of tournaments. So they fish the Cat's Incredible every year up in, in uh Grand Rapids and uh, you know I know that they was down at the CR tournament over the weekend so they cover a lot of area and they're not going to these areas to peddle their their anchors they're going to fish the tournaments because they're competitive guys and but uh, they they are really good channel cat fishermen and flathead guys they they fish uh, in predominantly channel cat and flathead areas and they're really really good fishermen
0: How are you doing on broad building and stuff since you moved. Oh, I just uh, organized. I had,
1: oh, I'm just working night and day trying to get caught back up. I had to shut down for three or four days and and uh, just put me back behind the ball again. But uh, we're uh, we're staying pretty busy. We got some uh, big giveaways coming up. One, a couple of them for Calvin and I'm uh, Myers is benefit deal and uh, it's going to be up in uh, Iowa and Iowa the 31st and um, we, I was glad that I got those out of the way early because if I had to do them now I'd really be in trouble but uh, I know Ron workman is uh, all over all over that cubs rod now uh, Joe lucky is the one that recommended doing that cub rod and and Ron he's, he's wanting it Joe's one and I think there'll be several other guys that are interested in it. Uh, I think it's great that these guys are getting behind that uh, that benefit for Calvin, uh, like they are, and and send uh, him a couple of cardinal rods. Send him a couple of what? Cardinal rods. Uh, I don't know that Ron will bid on them, but Lyle's liable to.
3: <laughs> we got a couple of questions from the CatfishWeekly dot uh, com online chat. First question we got is what rig do we throw when we're anchored up under a dam? Say go ahead and start us. I I got Chuck Lyle, Paul, if you want to answer, and then I don't,
0: I don't fish enough rivers to get in that one. All
3: right, well go ahead, Chuck.
2: Um, I use it depends on what current we got. Um, You know, on the Cusa, um, it you know with if they're running one generator. Um, it's about 8,000, two is about 16, and three is about 32. You don't even want to be up in there really with uh, three on. Um, it's real rocky anyway. It's hard to get around on a lot of these dams. But, um, you know, I try to use around, <clears throat> with with 8,000 straight off the dam, I, you know, I try to go around eight ounce. Um, I try to get in a good current seam, um, and it, it kind of, uh, acts like it's freelining, so it's really uh, most of the time not exactly on the bottom, but you got enough weight to hold it down there, and you can actually see your line moving around with the current, and uh, it really keeps it up off the bottom a little bit where they're feeding. Um, so <laughs> I, I usually try to, uh, you know. Use enough to where I'm not stuck directly down on bottom, enough to keep my line at about a 45-degree angle, and enough to where I can see my line moving around where it kind of free lines without it actually being down on bottom and in a Carolina-type rig. Wow.
1: Well, I use a lot of double-hook rigs and um, where I put the weight right on the bottom, and then uh, the first hook will be up about 6 or 8 inches, and the second one will be up uh, about a foot and a half to two foot also do a lot of Carolina rigging with a, um, a float in it on a single hook rig in um, and, and the current that we have on the Missouri and the Mississippi rivers uh, a lot of times I'm, I'm throwing anywhere from 10 to 24 ounces of lead at a whack and um, I like to use a 10 foot rod because we're only allowed to get so close to the dam that I believe it's 600 feet no, is that right? Yeah. I thought it Maybe. was 500. Uh, I think it's it depends on which dam it is. But, um, you know, I can sit back there with 16 or 20 ounces of lead and a half a skit jack and, and put it in one of them 10 foot rods and just haul off and get a big dog meat because I'm trying to get as close as I can. And if you hit that current seam just right, it makes a little eddy to where the current swirls back around. And if you hit it perfect, It'll take your bait and it'll go right back up towards that dam uh, where that lock is and, and it'll sit right there, uh, you know, and just wait for them the big fish to run back and forth across front of that dam.
3: Uh, I, I myself, uh, sitting up at a dam, I, I normally use the same type of rig as a Carolina rig. Um, I normally try to figure out, you know, just Depending on how much current we have on the Howe River, we normally don't have a ton, even with a lot of uh, a lot of the gates open or anything. I mean, sometimes you might need to throw a couple eight ounces on, but it's you know if it's not hitting the bottom, you always want to be trying to figure out. Just because your your bait isn't on the bottom doesn't mean you ain't going to catch fish, and you need to if you're not used to being up there. you know, try try different things. I mean, it, it, every one of these guys that goes out there and they catches a fish, they aren't doing the same thing. Everybody's not catching a fish doing one exact thing. So, if you get out there and like like but the the bumping rod. So, if you get out there and you anchor up on a dam and you got a good current, um, you can you could take uh, six ounces or what four ounces or something like that to where you can feel that that weight just hit the bottom, but yet when you lift it up. That you can feel that current still taking that that bait down river. Now that's what a lot of guys, when they get up into these dams and stuff, they're doing. You're you're gonna see these guys that are that are consistent and pulling in catfish. They're doing the bumping, and that's that uh, dam area is a is the perfect place to do it at. I mean, that's where you got a lot of current normally. Uh, that's where you're gonna sit there and and do that with a Carolina style rig. You can do it with a uh, um, a double hook Carolina or a single hook Carolina. You can throw a big head on. You can throw, you know, a smaller chunk midsection, whatever you want. And uh, I can't say that I've mastered that technique. I've I've practiced it and um, I've not caught a fish yet doing it because I'm not down there on the river enough, especially at the dams. Uh, hopefully I'll be doing it maybe this weekend or not. Uh, the 30th. The 30th I'll be down around some dams. So Um, hopefully I'll get to do that a little bit, but yeah, like a Carolina rig, I, I do occasionally use the double hook rig. Um, I use hundred pound braid with, with 30 to 40 pound monofilament on it. Uh, if, if you're in a lot of rocks, a lot of guys will take that, whatever your standard mono, uh, leader is, maybe if you only put 16 inches on a, on a leader or 12 inches on a leader, you start getting... You know, broke off a lot. You might want to extend that leader out a little bit. You know, maybe make it two or three feet. Three. You know, give yourself a longer monofilament leader so you got a little better abrasion resistance on the rocks. And that's that's a. I think that's what I got for it. Um, for the second question that we got after that one, we got Scott Wiseman asked, "Is the Sea arc setting precedence by moving?" the owner's tourney from Owensboro, where it has been held for years, to protected waters of Alabama. you guys think you'll
1: see more tourneys moving away from the Ohio River? Well, first off, this is only the second year they've been uh, yeah. in Owensboro. Before that, they was in St. Louis for two years, and there was a big controversy about a moving away from there. Um, I think that they should move it around. They don't have owners of sea arts in just one place throughout the United States and I think uh, uh Owensboro was with you know tournament cat fishermen are after big fish as a general rule, especially the guys that fish for blues and Owensboro, uh although a great place to hold tournaments, the city is is, is way behind everything that goes on down there and they have some really good tournaments, it is not a big fish uh place. Uh, St. Louis is and uh Wheeler Lake is. I think that that uh, since they have uh, Tournaments, all or are boat owners all over. I think they should pass that around as they intend on doing, as my understanding to let the guys from different areas get to fish those, so they don't have to travel so far. I think that's a really, really good idea. And, and I'd like to see them go up to Illinois or Iowa or someplace uh, for the channel cat guys. You know, uh, just because you don't have a hundred pound blue in, in, uh, in your water doesn't mean that. Uh, There'd be nothing wrong with catching a fifteen-pound channel cat. I mean, uh, that's that's the, they still buy them guys buy the boats. The only thing that I have ever had against what they do is that they're, they're putting on this tournament for for people that have already purchased a boat, and and that's their way of thanking them for purchasing a boat. I, I got that, but I would think that they would open that up to people that don't have the boat. So that they could draw more interest of people to come in and be enticed to buy a sea ark boat. Uh, instead of, you know, and, and they could go from the eighty boat turnout they had this past weekend to probably two or three hundred entries if they would open that up.
3: Yeah, problem with that might be that a lot of a lot of fisheries aren't going to be able to handle a two or three hundred boat tournament. Like, I mean, I mean, there
1: may be some of it, yeah I don't
3: and I mean I, I've, I've thought the same thing you know I'd be like man I sure wish you know they'd be they'd, they'd have that for uh, guys who don't have the sea Ark it seems like that would put another non- Arc <laughs> owner out on the water with a sea and but you know you can you can see from both sides of that coin there you know that they're they're just they're thankful for the customers that they have that already spent that I, money
1: with them and I, I agree, I think that's a wonderful thing. Uh, another way they could do that would be have a CR owner, pardon me, and a non-CR owner partner with him. Uh, yeah. You know, and and there's there's a lot of ways, but it, it just it just seems to me like it, that it would open up a whole new venue if they would if they would. Uh, Uh, go with uh, not necessarily make it for owners and it's an appreciation thing they've always said that and and that's outstanding that they reward their buyers uh, for doing that but you know I was asked uh, to fish the tournaments a time or two and and was thrilled to get to go to fish it because it's a really good tournament it's very well run and professionally done by a lot of good people that they have but, you know, this year I wasn't asked to go, and I'm not sure I'd have been able to with things the way it was anyhow. But, um, you know, if, if I wasn't tied up doing something and that tournament was available to me to fish, I promise you I'd be fishing it. Yeah.
3: I, I, I know that, you know, us talking beforehand, I tried to say that, you know, I really didn't want to hound on the conservation issues that we normally hound on tonight. But with, with Scott's question... Um, I myself, yeah, I mean, even though they didn't, you know, they haven't been at Owensboro forever, and they're just now changing it. I honestly think that if Kentucky doesn't get their act together, really, and do more than what they've done already, I, I do kind of hope that, like Aaron Wheatley, Monsters on Ohio, you know, them guys, and, and the, you know, I, I have these thought processes that sort of the same along with that art thing where I can see both sides of a coin, but if these, if these cities and stuff aren't getting the money and the revenue that they're getting from these big tournaments, do I think that would really cause them to change it? I honestly don't know. I mean, it might be that we actually just need more people speaking out than you know, what we have right now. That could be the thing that's that's holding it back, that to get the regulations in place, to get things changed where, you know, we have more tournaments like Monsters on the Ohio and stuff like that. I mean, there's other places in the country that have way better catfishing waters than we have, but don't have near the size and the quality of the Monsters on the Ohio tournament and like the Rising Sun tournament. Things like that where I mean we really have a great tournament um, I guess a, a, a tournament trail or a tournament um, platform in in Indiana and Kentucky you know whereas not that you know Lyle doesn't do a, a, a great tournament trail either but they really should have a whole lot more than what they do. you know I mean if if, if the guys that are driving as far as they're driving to, to fish the unprotected waters of the Ohio River, would go and fish those other rivers where they can fish, you know, and catch fish that are 40 and 50 pounds, you know, a little easier than they could on on the Ohio. That's a that's a difficult thing to do on the Ohio River, and I think it's going to be a difficult thing for a long time. So, you know, whether or not other tournaments should stay there or go, you know, it, it's it's a it's up for debate. You know, I think everybody is going to be able to say one thing or the other, but I, I couldn't honestly tell you what, what's going to help get the DNR of the, the states that need to do some things to do what they need to do. You know I, I couldn't tell you that.
1: Well, there's several factors in that. Number one is you've got the, the people have got to stand on their conservation departments. They've got to stand on the DNR, whatever it is. Those places have got to be convinced that this commercial fishing has got to be slowed down. They're just that, and the guys taking the stuff out for the Pay Lakes uh, are raping these waters of large fish. And and, uh, I know that they've been detrimental on the Ohio River uh, for a long time. The the Ohio River, for a couple of reasons, I never liked to fish there. Uh, One, there's hardly ever any current there, and I understand it's flooded down. they got plenty of it. And and there's no fish of any size, you know. If I was going to fish small fish tournaments, I'd go fish a channel cat tournament. With that being said, the best tournament in this country right now is Monsters of the Ohio. It's the best run, the largest uh, congregation of people. Aaron got some good sponsors. He's got the city behind him. You can't get that kind of participation in our area at this time. Uh, now we are working on it. We've got a big tournament coming up in June, uh, and we've got a pretty good sponsor behind it. You know, and uh, those things take time to put together. It, it just does. Aaron jumped on board with that Monsters the Ohio, and in three or four years, he made at the lead tournament in the United States in the catfishing industry. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good tournaments. You got Cabela's and you got Bass Pro and Twisted Cat Outdoors and Kansas City Catfish and all the ones you guys got over in your area. But there's nothing that I'm aware of that compares to the way the city and the public has has grasped what Aaron has done and and he has took this thing and just run with it in a short period of time. And it's growing uh so fast that, that he's really going to have to watch it or he's going to outgrow his boat ramps in places. Uh, the only thing that I see slowing him down is the fact that in blue cat water, you've got to be able to put decent blue cats in the boat because people are used to doing that.
2: Yeah. yeah there, there's a uh, the city of Decatur on Wheeler Lake uh, they have seen how much money is brought into their city by hosting these events with um, Bassmaster Elite Series, the Walmart Series, the FLW, the American Bass Anglers, Bassmaster Weekend Series. Uh, and I think that really enticed Arc on coming to Decatur. They built the facility in 2011 that has a pavilion that has 15 bay doors, 11 foot tall, which can hold indoor wagons. <clears throat> you can launch uh, 15 boats at one time. It's a 27 acre facility. It has 158 truck and trailer parking just for boats and trucks. And there's another 107 car parkings that can be changed over to a boat and, and um Trailer, I mean, uh, truck and trailer parking. Uh, it's got all the handicap, it's got a um, 1088 linear foot floating dock, and it, it, they're just making this uh, this harbor just so enticing for um, any kind of club or organization to come host an event and just give them everything in the world they need right there. So, Let me
1: ask you a question. Do you know that stuff right offhand, or are you reading that off of something?
2: No, I've been researching it for a while. I just didn't remember <laughs> all of it.
1: I mean, you got your facts down down, pat. That's an outstanding facility. I'd love to see that. Because, yes. Um, I, you well, know, I, out, we have nothing like that. We, yes, we, we have nothing like that.
2: You know, when I was talking about trying to put on a winter event like uh, next January, um, you know, a a bunch of guys up north want to come down and fish Wheeler, and a bunch come down during that time anyway. And, you know, quite a few's asked me to try to get something going down here so they can come down here like the week after Christmas or the first week of January when most of them have vacation time and are, you know, available. and, And for me to try to put a tournament together, This place here, uh, you you can put on a tournament at any time without even making reservations if you have less than 25 boats. Uh, To use their pavilion, you know, you have to make reservations and all of that, but they have different areas set up, so you can have multiple tournaments from, from, you know, different fish species, you know, in one day. Um, But, you know, these cities are seeing how much income that they're able to pull in from bringing these type of events in and they're they're turning around and spending all this money to even make it greater so um, I mean that's really you know when cities do stuff like this that's they're really you know taking chances on uh, you know spending all this money to see if they're going to succeed but they're always uh, you know there's always some big event going on all the time up there.
1: That, that I'd love to, to have a facility like that, that that we could we could use because we don't have that and and uh, anything near the river with access to boats and stuff uh you know we could do a, we could do a lot better with our, we have a facility here too that that has a pretty large parking lots and, and nice areas but nothing to that magnitude and and uh, I would love to uh see something like that would be a great thing to, to put a tournament on in
2: yeah I was at the I was at the very first weigh-in at the Cabela's when when I talked to the Massingales and uh, Phil King and all them it was a really bad day uh, they, they had just opened the park the pavilion wasn't even finished being built yet um, Cabellas just had their little stand set up out by the uh, launch and um, a lot of guys turned around and went home. They they pre-fished on Thursday and Friday, and uh, the winds were blowing so bad they couldn't hardly stay in the lake. You know, drift socks wasn't doing any good. Uh, their trolling motor wouldn't stay in the water. <clears throat> so uh, they, you know, they ended up having like you know twenty twenty five boats show up. But uh, a lot of people showed up to pre-fish this one. But now since the facility's finished and everything. Uh, when when people really come to events that are, are catered to like this, it's really going to uh, you know bring them back time and time again from you know seeing, being able to uh, you know weigh in in this type of atmosphere and stuff like that.
0: I don't know, guys, the pre fish stuff like that sound like a bunch of cry babies. They can't catch fish to go home. You don't always catch fish. That's why they call it fishing and not catching. You know, you, you let people come in and, and pre-fish, and then it doesn't suit them, so they leave. And Well, that happens. Believe me, it does. I don't I know what happens. You know, you've got the with, brass cojones to, to fish against real fishermen, my opinion. But. With
3: tournament fishing, there's there's a lot of factors, and there's, there's guys that come in, and, and in their first year, they think, you know, oh, I've always caught, a, you know, I've always caught decent fish, and they really don't put it in perspective for, you know, the, um, the people that you're fishing against, the body of water that you're on, um, the weather, there's a lot, a lot of things that really go into, like, tournament catfishing that are really underestimated, I think, and I, and I think that you know they get a little discouraged that they're not doing as well as they thought they were going to do when they get out there and they and they fish for you know a lot of their life and and they've caught good fish and stuff but they get out in these tournaments and they're not doing that well um myself you know I, I I'm not the greatest cat fisherman in the world I'm learning that's what I think that a lot of the guys need to do and they need to realize that you know, it, it, the first year, the first two years, first three years maybe, you might not be leading all the charts and the in, in the boards and stuff, but if you're doing anything, you should be learning something. Every time you go out, into any, any person you're talking to, watching shows like this, there's lots of information. There's lots of things to learn out there. Um, you know, go out on, you know, especially if you're fishing a, a specific trail or something, you know, Lyle's Bodies of Water, you know, uh, Chuck's body's water, Paul's body's water, my body's water—all the, the different areas. Once you've been out on them a few times, you start to recognize places that you know are potential uh, where cats are at. You, you're going to learn. You're going to start looking at things like river bends or you know points in, on lakes. You know uh, where where a channel might be at. Um, the time on the water. The things that you learn by being out there, trying different things, uh, using your electronics and and things, all is going to come, but it's not going to come at a super fast pace. It's it's really like most things. You have to put the work into it to get the results out
0: of it. And if you um, think you're going to come off of uh, a lake and go into to river fishing, that's a whole different a uh, uh, channel cat on a lake you know, for for some reason uh, was a whole different learning experience and, and learning curve on the rivers.
3: Yeah. Yeah, the, the, and definitely, you know, like, you know, we're trying to get all these guys that, you know, we're having some of the best catfishermen fishermen, on the, the tournament cat in the country on the show, um, we're you know we're asking them the questions that are going to help people hopefully you know i mean and a lot of them have been pretty uh straightforward and told us you know and, and a lot of times you think oh well it's the same basic general answer that i get from everybody and it, and it might be that that's really the answer you know it might be that you just got to you got to get out there and kind of do what they're saying figure out what's going on for that body of water and and, and learn yourself because if you're just going out and doing what somebody tells you and you're not actually using your brain to think about what's going on you're not really going to learn anything you're not going to become a better fisherman in any way you have to think about what's going on why is that working why is it not working
0: and if you think you know it all that's when it's going to catch you that's yeah. that's one thing I, and, and, what I did on lakes was just totally different and, and, you know, catfishing is
3: not in a place where bass fishing is at. If you think, oh, I'm going to become a catfisherman and quit my job and, you know, go out there and make all this money, get all these sponsors and everybody's going to know my name and it's just not there, really. You have to love catfishing just to be catfishing. You need to recognize if you're getting to a point where you're not enjoying it anymore for whatever reason, find that place again, you know, maybe step back from a tournament or something, figure out, what you gotta do to to enjoy it you know if it's the stress of it if it ain't working out for you you know maybe tournament catfishing isn't for you it's not for everybody not everything is but uh... you, you definitely don't want to burn yourself out you don't want to um make it not to where it ain't fun anymore it, it is always fun catching fish but to be honest with you when i'm out there on the water and i, and I have poles on the water and i'm sitting on a boat it's, it's like the best you know massage i could ever get you know i'm sitting there i'm just loving it and i'm relaxed and i enjoy being out there catching fish or not catching fish catching fish is better but you know you got to have you got to have that really to be out there if you're out there for any other reason you're probably out there for the wrong reason
2: yeah you you don't want to go out there and use your bill money or your car payment to fish a tournament you know (laughs) It's it's, it's kind of like gambling. Um, you know, you don't expect to bring no money home. You're uh, put, you know, put back money here and there, um, you know, and then save up for it. Go out and and you're gonna blow that money. You know, if if you win, good, but it don't don't expect to. Um, you know, save you up some money. You have a really good time and you meet some really good people, and that's why I do it. Uh, yeah, it'd be good to be on the leaderboard and bring some money home and have some bragging rights. But you know, it's all fun. And um, you know, if, if you want to sit there and and take risk on, um, you know, spending money on it that you don't need to, and, and you know, thinking you're going to win and get that money back and more, um, you know, it you know most time it's not going to happen. You can't. Um, you know to nobody can make a living on it these days there there's no way um, by the time you travel to every tournament that uh, you expected the income off of and won every one of them you probably still wouldn't make anywhere close to what you would make having a regular job and then you're gonna end up spending um, you know at least 8th of any first place winnings just just to travel to them. so You know, just for right now, everybody's just having fun with it, and you know, if it gets up to where uh, they have some, um, you know, thirty boat fields, forty boat fields with you know fifty thousand dollar pots, you know, let them guys that want to take them gambles go for it.
3: Yeah, honestly, my, um, my, you know, first and foremost, catfishing to me, I love just the fishing aspect of it, being on the water, being outdoors. Number one, I mean. But I'd say a close number two for me, me personally, and probably a lot of guys, I'd say, is the friendships that you make out there fishing with these guys, fishing against them. You know, I've met a lot of really, really good people since I've started catfishing, and I and I've come to be what I consider really good friends. You know, like uh, Jason Heath Malone, Scott Wiseman. Um, there's there's really a lot of guys out there. You know, I mean Jonathan Herndon. I've these guys, you get out there with them, and you know Lyle. I mean, even though I've only met Lyle in person like twice, you know, I've I feel like Lyle and me are pretty good friends. You know, I could I could talk to him about anything. He could talk to me, and and we understand each other. You know, like Paul and Chuck, I could talk to them about anything. You know, I've never even I've never met Paul. You no, know? and I'm I think I might have met Chuck. I can't remember.
2: <laughs> no, I haven't
0: oh, Need to remember. <laughs> but uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, and that's right. I feel the same way. Uh, a lot of the guys that, that I know and I feel very close to, uh, you know, you and, and Paul and Chuck for, to start with. And, and uh, you know, I met Scott down at the Monsters last year and, and, and just instantly, uh, you know, I knew he was a good guy. And we talked and visited in the way in line. And uh, I never met Aaron Wheatley till last year. Brad Kilpatrick, I've known online. For years and years, and last year was the first time I ever met him face to face, and it was just like uh, we was long lost buddies. Uh, uh, the, some of the best people that you could ever meet, uh, you'll meet in catfishing. It, it, they're just uh, Doc and Lynn Lang, uh, two of the finest people that ever want to want to be around. Uh, they're outstanding. Uh, they're some of my favorite people. Uh, you know. The, a lot of the people that, that fish around here, uh, Jason Jackson, uh, uh, Ryan Casey, I talk to them guys on the phone all the time, Jason and, and Vicki Mathena, I, you know, these guys uh, I see once in a while, I visit with them, they come up to the house, uh, different things that goes on, but the guys that you, you meet, uh, I can't ama- can't even fathom the number of people, Vince and, and uh, but there's uh,
0: there's a dark side to it.
1: There is a dark side to it. But, you you know, guys, when they start
0: talking about <laughs> there
1: there is some <laughs> there there's some with anything you do. But um, I really think the good people in this sport outweigh far outweighs um, but, the the bad. I, I really do.
0: I, I was just getting the point. You know the people told me about this person and people tell me about that person and it wasn't true and found out. I mean, there's, there's a side to it that, that I don't know how to explain it about people, uh, talking, talking trash on other people, but, but, uh, I don't know. Well, not everybody's going to get along with everybody.
3: There's always going to be personality conflicts.
0: Absolutely. Oh,
3: a, like Lyle said, I mean, not, I'd say nine and a half people out of ten, and 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 I'm I guess I'll include little people. I don't know. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever met one that's catfish, but if I did, I would say he'd probably be cool too. You know, I mean, nine and a half people out of ten, I think that I've met catfish, and I I've I've not had a problem with, and I've you know thought they were really good people. I got a I got a guy Max that. Rising Sun has a tournament every year. It's like Monster on the Ohio, only it's a two-day event, and it's actually a little bit larger than than his. He had they had 150 boats at one one year. I think it was two years ago. 130 boats last year. But uh, there's a guy that lives right there in the city of Rising Sun, Max. I'd never met the guy. He 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 let me come down. Me and my wife come down, stay at his house for that tournament, and he's fishing the tournament too. And for the past Two or three years, I've gone down there and stayed at his house, and the guy had never met me before. That—that's the kind of people that are in this sport. You know, I mean, that they're just—they're good people. They really, really are.
1: Yeah, I agree. i, I, I have, you know, and they don't have to be tournament people. I have a, a really good customer that I built some rods for down in Tennessee, and and uh, never met him, wouldn't know him if I seen him. Uh, but when he wants a fishing rod, he calls me up and he invited Cindy and I down to go down and fish the Tennessee River with him and to go on down to Wheeler Lake. If he asked me once, he asked me ten times. He's going to put us up in his house. He don't know me from Adam, but that's the kind of people you meet in catfishing. That's just the way it is.
3: Yeah, real quick, I do got to say that about three weeks ago, uh, myself and Scott and Jason and Heath had a little crappie tournament. Um, (laughs) I, I lost. Me and Scott lost. So, Jason and Heath, you're the crappie kings. You're the masters. We bow to your greatness with your 16-inch crappie that you caught. 16-inch 16. 16 crappie.
2: <laughs> did, did they use them for bait that night?
3: No, that's a good crappie up here, man. We had like a 13-inch crappie, and we thought we had it gone. You know, We thought we were going to beat them, and they, they pulled out the picture with a 16-inch crappie on us. So. That's a good crappie.
2: I'd have threw him on a number ten or number twelve circle hook and got me a good flathead off that side. So.
3: <laughs> actually, actually that day, I think that day, me and Scott, when we were crappie fishing, we were crappie, fi- or yeah, we were crappie fishing Lake Lemon, uh, and I actually did keep a couple of the small crappie that we caught and went and went flathead fishing with them and had a good run on a crappie, but didn't end up catching a flathead that mm-hmm. night.
2: Oh, that's some, there's some excellent it. bait, but they're, you can't use them in Alabama.
3: We can. In Indiana, you can. You can legally use any 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 uh, species as, as bait as long as you catch it uh, with rod and reel, and it's of legal limit.
2: Yep. We can do bluegill, rod and reel, no net, no bass,
1: no crappie. You can use bass.
2: <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> that really <coughs> bothers me because... Uh, you guys get to use crappie and bass, and we
2: can't. Yeah, <laughs> and th- these guys that want to go out and try, uh, you know, try to uh, fish a tournament. You know, they see one out there, they want to, you know, try that. Guys, <coughs> out there, fifty dollars a boat or something. Um, you know, when you get to the boat ramp and everybody's launching their boats, uh, you know, people just start walking up to, the, to your boat and start talking to you. And all you gotta do to prepare, uh, the first one I ever went to, I didn't have no jersey, I didn't have no logos on my shirt. We went to academy and we bought some shirts for seventeen dollars. It's the kind the bass guys wear that dry real quick. We bought a couple <clears> that matched, and we looked just just as professional, or look just we fit in just as good as everybody else by wearing those nice shirts that you know blended in. you know it matched. Everything looked good. We had $17 in a shirt. We went in $25 a piece on the entry fee. Um, you know, split gas money. I think I came out of my pocket. You know, 60 bucks and, and had a great time. And you know, met some good people. And so, if you know, if you want to get out and try them, um, it'll be something you won't ever regret. You may come in and and without any fish, or you may win the tournament. You never know. You know,
1: I, I'd like to add to that just a little bit. Yeah, Cindy and I fish a lot of tournaments, and um, we go all over doing it. We we went, I think it was eight states last year. We fish tournaments in, and, and we really enjoy fishing tournaments. Uh, like we was talking before the show uh, about general catfish and stuff. We really don't go out and just fun fish. We're either pre-fishing a tournament or we're in one. Uh, our our fun fishing stuff has been limited. Uh, because of what we do and running tournaments and building rods and and doing this so we just don't have the, the the opportunity a lot of times to do that and with that being said we fished um... big blue tournaments we fished channel cat tournaments and the most fun that we had in the last year wasn't necessarily catching huge blues now they're they're a blast to catch don't misunderstand me i'd as soon catch them a sixty pound blue is anything in the world but we went to several smaller tournaments, and a lot of it was to see how the tournaments was ran. We went to uh, uh, the TCCA tournament over around Peoria, Illinois. We absolutely had a ball over there. There A great bunch of people. Tommy and Tim Walsh, they run a great show over there. We had a good time over there. We fished one of Brad Kilpatrick's tournaments at Waverly, also a night tournament. We had a wonderful time. We didn't do worth a darn, but we had a good time. Uh, We drove to... to, uh, Grand Rapids and fished uh, the Catch Incredible tournament, and uh, I got to meet Brad and up there and visit with him, and and learned a lot of stuff from a lot of really good people, and and uh, we had a wonderful time. But uh, don't don't think that uh, you have to go fish a tournament and catch hundred pound fish to have a good time, because some of the most fun tournaments you could ever have. Is just fishing a channel cat tournament where the biggest thing you're going to catch is six, eight, ten, twelve pound fish. I mean, there it's it's a blast just for the competition factor. If you, that's that's what makes it fun.
2: And, yeah, and actually going through the steps of everything and, you know, if after you actually catch your limit of five fish or three fish or whatever it is at the time, um, I mean, you're actually having to, to cull the small fish and, you know, reweigh what's in the live well and, you know, keep up with what you got and, the, I mean, just the whole process is just, you know, something that you'll want to try to do once a month if you can. I mean, it's just so... Uh, I mean, you're just not trying to get fish in the boat. You're, you know, you're trying to, you know, calculate what you got and what you need, what you need to throw back every time you bring one in the boat, and you got to throw something else back. And it's, it's just so much fun. That's and, right. And being out there with Leanne and, uh, you know, fishing with her, I mean, she. This past Saturday, she was flawless. I made two bad mistakes. That was. I want to kick myself in the butt for I tried to get a, a 30 inch blue in the boat with Boga grips when I could have got the net and it spun off the hook which it was under 34 and that gave me some good weight and then I had a um <clears throat> I had a big takedown that took the rod up under the boat and. I had- I had my phantom locked down, and you know, knowing these springtime fish aren't, you know, ain't gonna just roll over for me like these big winter blues do. I tried to hoss him up with the lockdown phantom, and um, he snapped my eighty-pound leader like it wasn't nothing. So that probably, you know, probably lost the tournament for me, and that's just something I'll learn by. Um, I'm ready to go back and do it, try it again, you know. And it's just you just learn so much every time you go out. And, you know, even if you don't come back with any fish, you learn so much and you make so many mistakes, you feel like, hey, next time I go out, I'm going to do a lot better because I I know a lot more than I did last time.
3: I want to, if you guys don't mind, I want to switch gears a little bit. Since we talk about tournament fishing a lot, I'd like to give a little bit of information and tips to the guys that just want to go out to their local lakes and reservoirs and and catch some catfish. (laughs) Um, I, I do that quite a bit, so I can I can give you some help there. Um, if you guys don't mind, you guys care at all.
1: <coughs> Go ahead. All
3: right. Um, for you guys that are going out and you're and you're targeting, you know, your your small rivers and lakes that are around you, and you just want to get some catfish, either for, you know, under 10 pounds for some eaters, or, you know, just uh, going out to have a good night of catfishing. Um, first thing, first thing I'd say is don't, don't. I guess if you go to like a Walmart or if you have a Royal King or or you can order online or anything, uh, like from Bottom Dwellers or whatever, look at like some uh some six out hooks. Um, I like six out hooks because I've caught anywhere from, um, I've even caught on eight eight out hooks, but a six out hook might look huge to you. When you first look at it, if you're using J hooks or something, but a 6 aught like circle hook, um, or even a, um, some Charlie Brown hooks from Bottom Dwellers, uh, those hooks there, those are real good for catfish, anywhere from one pound all the way up to probably 20 pounds, 25 pounds. You know, I mean, you can catch them, you can catch some pretty big catfish on a on a 6 aught hook. Even in an eight-ounce hook, you can even get down to some pretty small fish. I for for the smaller fish, though, six-ounce seems to be a little better for me. I mean, um, for bait, what I'd tell you guys to do is is get like a one or two-ounce sinker um, run on your main line, run to your to your swivel, put a um, put like a a smaller. If you're using braid, use a smaller diameter or a smaller pound mono as a as a um, leader line and make that leader about 12 inches 12 15 inches um, if you can get the uh, um, cigar style peg floats that are at most walmarts and places like that you just put a peg float about four inches above that hook and then on that hook you can throw chicken livers um, here, here's what I kind of look at things like for bait for smaller fish if you're if you're targeting those channel cats that are or blues that are um, you know, eight pounds and under, you can go with night crawlers, uh, chicken livers, um, d- uh, the dope like your dose style baits, the stink bait, you know, with you got a, a carbon or a sudden impact fiber bait, you got team catfish, the sunnies that they sell at Walmart, things where you can dip those sponges and things like that those are all good baits for catching a lot of fish that are in the smaller eater size range now if you're going out there and you just want to see about trying to get on some of the bigger channel cats out in, in the bodies of water i start looking at things like creek chubs you can use those live you can use them cut um, bluegills if you go catch bluegills uh... the day you know the day you're gonna go catfishing or whatever you can take them out there live and then you can cut them up and, and cut them into small chunks, and for whatever reason, bigger bigger catfish are going to like uh, the, the the bluegill, uh, the creek chub. Um, if you can get them, soft crawls. I think soft crawls pick up a pretty good amount of decent-sized channel cats and... Um, Trying to think if there's any other bait that I'm I'm not thinking of. You guys think of any of anything? Not other
0: than shad or skipjack.
3: Yeah, shad, shad. I'm sorry, shad is a uh, skipjack. Uh, for myself personally, out on the lakes and the rivers and stuff, um, skipjack I think is and, unless you've got a big river. If you're if you're near a big river with big blues and stuff, or a big lake that has blues, go for some skipjack. But if all you have are possibly flathead and, and channel cats out on a body of water near you, um, shad, uh, they actually sell shad in the Walmarts. I've seen them, in, and they got different flavors, and they're small. That little. are crap. Oh, those will work. I've caught, plenty, I've caught plenty. What, what I do is I'll take two or three of those in that little bag, and even those little two- to three-inch shad, I hook, I hook them on the eye. But I hook them in different directions. So I'll hook, I'll hook one face in one direction, one face in the other, and the other face in the one direction. For whatever reason, I've actually gone out while I'm fishing the lakes, and I'll take that little bag of shad there. But I like to do what I like to do is have the fresh shad. But if if you're not familiar with throwing a cast net and catching fresh shad at your lake or whatever, those little shad that you can buy in the Walmart, they they work for me. I mean, some people, you know. It might not work for some. Some they don't, or some they do. At the very least, if you can catch bluegill, cut cut some bluegill up out there. Um, a good thing. A good thing you can do if if you're out on the bank fishing is take a, a fast food tray, one of the plastic fast food trays out with you, and you can do your cutting and stuff on that thing, and keep your bait knife there. But I think that's going to catch you some bigger channel cats out at your lakes and rivers if you're using some cut bluegills, some creek chubs, uh, live creek chubs or, or uh, um, cut creek chubs. you can. You, some some guys will take a creek chub and step on it and put it on the hook. You know, I mean, there's there's different things you can do with a creek chub. And bluegills, if you want to use live bluegills, I'd, I'd go with some smaller bluegills uh, for, for channel cat and flathead fishing to start off with. I mean, if you know that there's some big 40, 50-pound flatheads in the area, you can go for a bigger bluegill or go with uh, bullheads, If you, little yellow bellies, whatever you want to call them in your area. Uh, bullheads are a real good flathead bait if you want to target those. Um, if you're not sure if your body of water has flatheads, um, for an example, uh there's a body of water near me. It's it's the White River, and it's it's a lot shallower in my stretch of the woods. That, as it gets down further south, it gets a lot deeper and wider. But I have a good friend of mine that, you know, he, he he's found out that there are some good 30 and 40-pound flathead in the stretch river up here, and it, it can only be, you know, three foot deep in some some stretches or even shallower than that. So shrimp, yeah, shrimp, heath. Heath on there you know I mean you can go out and use um shrimp at a lake or something there, and you can try doing different flavorings, you know the garlic shrimp and all that stuff that that it can be a good bait uh some people will swear by shrimp too, so it it's a uh, hot dogs you know I've had guys tell me they've actually caught blues on hot dogs on the high river, but myself i would uh I would stick with like. If you can get anything fresh bluegill Creek chubs fresh bait is always better um, get out there with a six on hook like I said do a do a little a leader line about 12 15 inches put a, a cigar float you don't have to have the cigar float but put a cigar float about four or five inches above that hook um, any any kind of Like I said, if you don't want to use a circle hook, you can go with a. Try to find something that's similar in size as a J hook, I guess. But remember, you need to set that hook faster with a J hook, so them fish don't swallow it. If you plan on releasing them, if you don't plan on releasing them, and you don't care about losing some tackle down in there, you know, go ahead and go. You know, go with some J hooks that are. You know, whatever you're going to use and you like to use, and that'll hold that bait. But once you see, like, what I'm telling you, using the uh, the bluegill, the cut bluegill and the crate chubs and things like that, the six-aught
0: hook is, is a real good size that will hold those baits. All right. We're down, uh, we're up in uh, an hour and seven minutes, so I guess we probably need to wind things up here. And uh, I guess we'll go to Lyle, Chuck, and then Chris. Okay, I want to...
1: Remind everybody that uh, Nauvoo, Illinois, the Cat Outdoor Tournament this weekend, um, Saturday, launches 7, uh, way in is a 3. i uh, like to see as many of you can make that be a good show up there. Um, but going to be north of the Keokuk Dam, be a tur- uh, channel cat tournament for the most part, unless somebody gets into some uh, flatheads. I understand there's no blues above the, the Keokuk Dam, so come out and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun um the 31st will be the Calvin Meyer benefit tournament um I've, I've mentioned this every week for several weeks and i know some of you uh know Calvin and some of you don't but uh Calvin's been diagnosed with cancer and he's getting ready to do a blood or a bone marrow transplant he's an outstanding cat fisherman a super nice guy and um we have got just an uh, overwhelming amount of support for this tournament so as many of you come out uh, as you possibly can Um, we're going to uh, uh, have a 50 percent payout tournament um, on Saturday and then they're gonna have a uh, dinner and get-together and uh, raffle and auction a bunch of stuff for him on Sunday uh, to try to help them with some of the cost of of his treatments and travel expenses and all that so we'd love to see everybody make that June 14th, Jack and Jill Tournament, uh, LaGrange, Missouri, sponsored by Mark Twain Casino. This is really growing. we got some more uh, uh, entries in the mail today. I look for this to be a really good tournament. Uh, First place guaranteed to pay out $3,000, so all you guys that want to have a good time and take a shot at winning a little bit, come see us. And then coming up in July will be our Keokuk Iowa tournament added money tournament also I haven't got all the uh, the uh, specifics on what the payouts going to be on that yet but uh, uh, keep that in mind Keokuk's a great place to fish they got blues they got channels they got flatheads they got Asian carp like you wouldn't believe so come on up and and join us and uh, uh, it's going to be also going to be a good tournament Chuck. Sure.
2: Yes, um, our next uh, Alabama Catfish Trail t- tournament's going to be on uh, Holt Lake on the Warrior River. Um, if y'all don't know, that's the the home of the new 120-pound state record blue cat. It's going to be out at Birchfield Branch Ramp and Campgrounds. It's going to be a night tournament from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Um, we chose a campground to make it convenient for everybody so we you can set up camp and um, when you come back in after weigh-in, you can just hit the tent, sleep, get back up, fish, enjoy your Sunday, and hang out with us the next day if you want to, but it's going to be a really good time, so come and join us. All right, Paul. Oh, over to Chris. Chris.
3: Okay. Um couple things uh, the United for catfish forums um, I've been having a hard time finding somebody that's going to do the designing for me um, as soon as I do I, I do want people to know that it's not something that's completely you know forgotten about it's it's going a little behind schedule right now but uh, as soon as I get some of the design things done and everything we'll really start getting people invited and getting the uh, getting all the things that we did for the Kickstarter project uh, done and um, as far as the giveaway for this month for for uh, Catfish Weekly, we have the two Berkeley digital 50 pound scales that we're giving away. All you need to do is post up a picture um, on either the Facebook group or the Facebook page, whatever one you, that you find on there for Catfish Weekly. Uh, post a picture on there. Also, I'd like to start doing something that uh, uh, one of my fishing buddies gave me the idea for. Um, if you post a picture of a fish that you caught with a little story, you know, a little bit on there, and and just title, you know, for the featured angler of the week. I'd like to I'd like to actually start showing a or showcasing a, an angler, you know, and giving the story out a little bit that they've, you know, the fish that they caught or the trip that they had or whatever. Um, every week, you know, we'll sh- I'll I'll do a screen share probably and show the picture of the fish they caught and tell a little bit about the story about the fish or the tri- trip that they had. So. Uh, again, just post the story on the Facebook group or Facebook page, or you could even email it to me, uh, the FUD at catfishweekly.com. And, and I'll, uh, talk about that. If it's a kid, you took a kid fishing, anything like that, you know, that you want to get them a little exposure and let's see where they can, uh, you know, get a little bit of, uh, fame. Cause you know, we're, we're pretty famous here on catfish weekly. <laughs> we got millions of viewers, right? But, uh, yeah, just just give us an email, post it on there. We'll get that. Uh, we'll do that every week, probably starting next week. Uh, if we get any thing on there, also remember if you want to subscribe uh, to any of the posts that we do for the videos and things on on the website, um, you can do that at thecatfishweekly.com down there. Just put your email address in there, subscribe. Um, as far as tournaments, there's both an extreme uh, catfishing and ICA tournament. Uh, Extreme is a daytime tournament in Troy, Indiana on May 30th, um, Saturday, May 30th, and then I I believe it's going to be a 7 a.m. to 2 p.m., and then uh, up in New Albany, the ICA is having a night tournament, I think it's a 7.30 p.m. or 7 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the morning, Um, and that's at New Albany. Uh, the ICA tournament is a member-only tournament, so there's a, you got to be a member or pay the $25 membership fee. The Extreme tournament is an open tournament, so anybody can go. Um, you should be able to hit both if, you, if you're able to. You can do that. Um, as far as uh, advertising, we still have some advertising spots on catfishweekly.com, $50 for six months and $30 for three. Um, we're going to probably start trying to hit up some of the Companies here soon for both advertising on the site and for uh, maybe getting us some product in for another giveaway after the end of uh, uh, June's giveaway of the two scales. Um, also, remember you know, even though each one of us have our own individual sponsors and everything, the show itself is not sponsored by any company or product or affiliation with anything. We're not trying to be political or anything like that or have have uh, allegiances to anybody so we want the show to be uh, open to anybody to watch and enjoy and, and if you have any uh, suggestions or comments or anything like that you feel like sharing with us just don't feel f- or feel free to uh, give us an email or write on our Facebook page to let us know what you're thinking uh, if you got an idea for, for something on a show or questions or anything like that just we're open to, to communication and feedback so um, thanks to my sponsors and Remember to stay out of
0: my spot. <laughs> I'll see y'all next week.